0: Welcome to the Pitbull Patty Show. I'm your host, Patty Stuckler. We're keeping it real here with straight talk and sharing true stories that will inspire you to change your life. Are you ready for this? Because here we go. Thanks for listening to my introductory episode that kicks off my podcast, the Pitbull Patty Show. I figured it's a good idea to tell you a little bit about who I am as your host why I'm doing this, and what you can expect from future episodes. I'll also explain why I'm called Pitbull Patty. But to tell you a little bit about myself, I'll start with telling you about one of my favorite music videos. It's called No Rain by Blind Melon. I think it came out about 1990s or so. But it starts off with this kind of chubby little girl wearing big glasses, and she's happily tap dancing on a stage. She's dressed in a black and yellow bumblebee costume. And when she finishes dancing, she bows at the end, but there's no clapping. You just hear laughter from the audience. And this poor little girl starts crying and runs out into the streets of you know, New York City. She's sad and alone, and she wanders around aimlessly. But then this quirky little girl finds the courage to carry on doing what she loves, which is dancing. She starts dancing down the street in her costume that's now all disheveled, And she starts performing for the people she meets on the street, even some concrete statues. And she starts to run through the city until she comes upon a field, a big, open, beautiful field with a large wrought iron gate. She peers in through the gate and breaks out with this huge smile of sheer joy as she goes through the gate. What the little girl finds there is this whole group of people happily dancing in black and yellow tutus and tights. This group is made up of men and women, young, old, black, white, but they're just like her. And the video ends with a little girl being lifted up as all these bumblebees happily dance together in the field. Now, I don't know why I relate to that little girl so much, but I think that little girl is in all of us. We all need to find our own community of bumblebees, You know, people who think like us, read the same books and never stop pursuing our own personal growth. And just as important, we all need a community, like a mastermind group, if you will, to help support each other in that mission. So I decided to create my podcast as a virtual mastermind group where my guests can share their stories. They can inspire you and offer the solutions that they found successful to grow and to change their lives. I want this podcast to be a place that you can turn to, to listen in on great conversations. You'll hear inspiring stories of persistence through tremendous adversity. You'll hear authors speak on a variety of topics, and you'll learn new things that will help you on your journey to happiness and success. I got the idea for my podcast after selling real estate for the past 15 years and working with hundreds and hundreds of clients. And what I noticed is that when people are under tremendous stress, like when you're buying or selling a house or you're moving, you tend to share information that you probably wouldn't do if you weren't so stressed out. I've had clients tell me some of the most personal information about their lives, and I've given out lots of advice over the years. I mean, hey, if you're going to tell me your business, then you better be prepared for some of my tough talking advice. And I guess it's that really direct, straight-shooter style that led to my nickname, Pitbull Patty. I remember the first time I heard a client reference me that way. It was years ago, and I was actually surprised and really kind of insulted. (laughs) I certainly didn't find it a compliment. It it didn't sound like one. But ironically, since then, I've had lots of other clients who came up with the very same nickname for me. So now I just embrace it. I mean, it is who I am. So I've decided I'll just own it. Plus, I did a little research on pit bulls, and they're actually really cool dogs. They're a crossbreed of bulldogs and terriers. And during World War I and Two, pit bulls were considered America's dog. Even the Little Rascals had a pit bull on the show. They were used in lots of advertising, and the dogs often had the American flag wrapped around their neck like a scarf. And they were seen truly as a symbol of strength and protection. It wasn't until the 1960s and especially the 1980s that pit bulls got a bad reputation when people started using them for dog fighting and they became known as aggressive dogs who would attack even when unprovoked. But the truth is that they're really sweet dogs and I know a lot of people who have them. They've also been known to be very protective of children. So when I'm dealing with my clients, I've learned to be aware that they're under tremendous stress and how it affects them. They're often dealing not just with moving, which is stressful enough, but also sometimes dealing with divorce, and that's why they're selling the house. Other times they're selling a house because a parent dies, and the heirs are having to get rid of all the stuff in the house. They've got to clean it, make repairs, put it up for sale, and grieve all at the same time. So sometimes I'll have a client that's so distraught over everything they're dealing with that I feel like I'm talking them off the ledge. They're just ready to jump. Because they can't deal with the pressure anymore. So, you would think that people would be more connected than ever before with all the social media that's always available to us day in and day, you know, night and day. But studies have shown that people are feeling even more isolated than ever. And instead of cell phones and social media, we could really just use an old fashioned coffee clutch at the neighbor's house. And many of you listeners may not even know what a coffee clutch is, but it's a term to describe a social gathering for coffee and conversation. Go figure. People used to do this uh, all the time. It was a common practice in years past. But now whenever you find groups of people, most of them are just staring at their phones and not even talking to each other. So I wanted to create a space for people who want to connect with others, be inspired, and learn something that will help them in their own lives. You know that old saying, you can lead a horse to water but you can't make them drink? It's so true. The answers are all out there, but too many people are simply staring at their last email. This podcast is for thirsty horses, people who want to engage, listen, and really just expand their mind. And let me tell you, I know that your time is valuable, and mine is too. Time is finite. You can't make more of it, and you can't buy it. We all have the same amount of time, from court judges to janitors. It's the great equalizer. So that said, in future episodes, I'll be interviewing lots of guests from all walks of life. They'll share their stories with you and offer the solutions that help them achieve their goals. Many of my guests are successful authors who will share their wisdom on a variety of subjects that I think you'll find inspiring and so helpful in your own personal growth. To tell you a little bit about me as your host, I grew up in a large family in Southern Maryland, just outside of Andrews Air Force Base just south of Washington, D.C. as well, where my father was a military officer and a pilot. I went to Catholic school growing up and went to an all-girl high school. And that was back in the days when there were a lot of nuns. I'm the sixth child of seven, and we were all born within eight years of each other. I know what you're thinking, my poor mom. I have five sisters and one brother who happens to be right in the middle. So he's got three older sisters, three younger sisters. He's really the one that is the worst at keeping secrets of all the rest of us. So, I mean, it's believe me, it's not poor poor John. His, his name is John, like my husband. But people always say, you know, oh, you're a poor brother for having all those sisters. And I always say, no, he was the lucky one. The only one who got his own room and new clothes. Whereas I shared a room with three sisters, wore a lot of hand-me-downs, even, even uniforms, and uh, only had half of a dresser. But because I went to an all-girl school, high school, I unfortunately had to rely on my big brother to bring home friends in order to meet boys. In fact, one of these boys is my husband, John, today. We met when I was just 14 years old and John was 16. We didn't date back then because my brother would have killed him. But I had a huge crush on him and I thought he looked just like Richard Gere. But John went into the Marine Corps just two months after he turned 17. And I know that sounds crazy today. We wrote letters for three years while he was in the Marines Traveling, he traveled on a Westpac deployment and sailed on ships all over the world. So I essentially became his girl back home. When he got out of the Marines at age 20, I was still in my senior year of high school and we started dating and even went to my high school prom together. I still have every letter that he wrote me, and they're actually pretty hilarious. I guess being on a ship with a couple thousand men for months at a time makes you a little crazy. Now I'm happy to say we've been married for 30 years, have two grown kids and one amazing little granddaughter, Teresa. I get to work with my family every day because we have a family real estate team. And some days it's really great and other days not so much. But most of the time it is really wonderful to be able to work side by side with my kids. We're all licensed real estate agents and so we really work as a team. So my niece also works for me, she's my assistant. We call her Super Kate because she keeps us all straight. We have a lot of fun together, but we also work really hard. I think sometimes, though, people may look at me or they look at my family as having some sort of perfect life. You see pictures on Facebook, just like with other people, and you know, it can look like they have these wonderful lives that you know maybe they're thinking they don't have. But I can say that we're far from perfect. We've had lots of struggles, lots of difficulties, just like anyone else. But I can say that anything I have today... I am proud to say my husband and I built together, and we did it on our own. My husband bought our first home right before we got married, and it was just this little 800-square-foot cottage. He had to buy it much further out than where we were used to living because we just really couldn't afford, quite frankly, where we could be around our family and where we had grown up. So he, he bought a house in a more rural area. He made $8 an hour as a union carpenter back then, But because he was a veteran, he was able to get VA financing and he didn't have to put any money down in order to buy a house, which was a good thing because he didn't have any. So we had no idea what we were doing back then. I mean, we had both grown up in a suburban area, so we really couldn't figure out why when our heat stopped working that first winter, you know, what what was going on. Maybe because we didn't know that that big tank out back was for filling up with heating oil. (laughs) So until someone told us what the problem was, we literally tacked up you know, blankets to section off the kitchen and our bedroom, not that we had many more rooms than that, so that we could retain heat in those rooms You know, from the stove. It was an electric stove and a space heater that we brought into the bedroom, which probably was a dumb idea too, because it can be dangerous with those space heaters in the house. But we were a couple of dummies. Our refrigerator also broke soon after we bought the house, and we had no money to buy a new one. So for months, we bought bags of ice literally every single day to fill this big cooler we kept on the kitchen floor. And of course, it only, you know, held the basics like milk and eggs and butter, but really not much else. So it was a real pain in the butt, you know, and that went on for months. Thankfully, John's sister had a friend who had an old keg refrigerator, the kind that you just keep a beer keg cold, you know, when you're having parties Of course, it had no shelves because it was used to just having a big keg in there, and that really sucked. But God, I was so happy to get that refrigerator. And that was just the beginning of our lives. I've had lots of ups and downs in my own journey since then, some big, some small. But what I've discovered is that it's the dips in life, you know, the points in your life when something bad happens, like loss or cancer or financial trouble, anything that was painful and difficult to get through. But it's these dips that actually make us interesting. And it's also these dips that if you forge through them, push through them, you lift yourself up to a higher level than you ever were before the dip occurred. I'll share some of my own personal dips in future episodes. But for now, I'd like to share a story that kind of sums up the launch of this podcast. I was out in California recently, and I went hang gliding for the first time. Now, I was scared to death to do it. And as we drove up the mountain to the launch site, we kept going higher and higher and higher. And I kept thinking, oh my God, can I really do this? But I had already committed to it and I was not about to turn back. And we got up to the launch site and I stood on the edge of the mountain looking down at the absolutely beautiful hills and the Pacific Ocean down below. And for anyone who's ever been hang gliding, you know you don't simply jump off the mountain. Now you actually have to run at full speed in order to get enough lift to allow you to fly. So I took a deep breath and I charged off that mountain and took flight. And I began to see the world from 2,500 feet. It was absolutely the biggest adrenaline rush I've ever felt. And once in the air, I felt like a bird just soaring above life below. It was actually really relaxing. I've learned that in order to do anything great, you first must feel fear. And only by plowing through that fear like a crazy person, do you ever get a chance to fly. This has been fun and thanks for listening. If you've liked what you've heard, please do me the honor of liking my podcast. Write a review and subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes.